Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Missiology Podcast. I'm your host, Augustine, and I have my friend and a longtime friend and someone that I've known for a long time. We were just talking about the high school days, um, but now he's over there in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado this summer, and I'm, I'm very jealous because the weather in Tulsa is scorching while he's over there living his best life in the beautiful mountain air. I'm here with Troy Francis. So Troy, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everyone? Augustine, thank you so much for having me. Um, love what you're doing and uh, just how you're such a strong pillar uh, for our generation and uh, for students at ORU and just all that the Lord's using you in, man. So thank you for having me. Um, Absolutely, bro. My name, my name's Troy. And uh, like Augustine was saying, like we go back, man, back to the high school days. High school I remember days. you and I... And a lot of other people, we uh, we kind of wanted to stand out in our faith and, and do some uh, prayer meetings during lunch in, I think, one of our Spanish teachers' rooms. Uh, yep. I have a vivid memory of that. And, um, yeah, just really, really cool uh, how long I've known you and, and seeing what the Lord's doing. It was amazing, bro. I remember yeah. I had Zach Dillon on the podcast um, I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes ago. And we talked about that mm -hmm. and we talked about those days that were so marking for us in high school where we, we prayed, sometimes we fasted lunch and we just got together and it was nothing special and nothing glamorous or <laughs> crazy. We didn't see fire fall from heaven or anything, but we just saw just the slow trickle of like our hearts being developed. And, uh, yeah, it's cool to like have shared history, um, with someone like that. And then to see someone like you, now living in Car Springs, pursuing Jesus, loving Jesus more than you ever have before. Um, for those that don't know, Troy just got married. Um, so congratulations in a very public setting, Troy. Thank you. Congratulations yeah. on your marriage. Um, Thank you so much. To maybe not your, uh, so, well, I guess it, we were just talking about this, not planned, but hey, she's been in your life for a while. You guys are both <laughs> in high school together. And isn't the Lord good? Isn't the Lord good in his timing? In fact, yeah. before you even go into your career or everything, everyone in this generation loves to hear about relationships. So maybe yeah. let's just start there. How about you share a little bit of relationship wisdom for someone who is a very eligible bachelor in college and post-college and you're an amazing dude, awesome job, you're building your own house. Man, you, ha you have everything that an amazing woman of God would want and yet, it took a little bit of time for you to get to the place where you found her, you were dating, you got married. Um, so maybe some people like you and I may know some people that think they need to be married by 22 yeah. or else they've missed it and they've missed their calling. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to those people? And what has been your experience in like mm. learning from God's timing when it comes to relationships? Yeah, man, that's so good. Um, I would say my first piece of advice, um, well, I'll start with a little backstory. My wife and I got married um, at 27 years old. So I went through all of high school and college and was not in any serious relationship. And it wasn't until four years after I graduated college that I started um, just dating with intention. And, um, but as I look back, I would say, man, my, my piece of advice for anyone who's single out there is 
truly soak up like the time of singleness that the Lord has for you. Yeah. Um, it is, it is truly like the sweetest, um, and one of the sweetest and most formational times in your life. Um, there is, um, there's so much, I think like the Lord that can do through you when you're single. Um, and he can use you. And I think if you can like really press into that trust that the Lord has you right where he wants you, um, and really like fully use what he's put in front of you in your time of singleness. Um, and then just date with intentionality. Um, I would say don't force anything, but like, if there's an opportunity, like date with intentionality and clarity, um, uh, a book that was really formational for me was Single, Dating, Engaged, and Married, written by Ben Stewart. He's at a Passion City Church. Um, great book. He just, yeah, he, he really lays it out in, in a lot of great ways in today's culture of how so many people just date just to date or date to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Um, but there's just such a beautiful time of singleness. So I'd say really embrace that, and the Lord will bring the right person at the right time. Yep. Um more people than I know will say, man, I was just doing life. I was serving the Lord well. And then the Lord brought this person to my life yes, and said, go. Yes. And I took it. And um, I think some those are some of the most beautiful stories um, rather than somebody who's like, yeah, I kind of forced this. And it was really hard. And we had to work through all this stuff. Yep. I'd say just be obedient to the Lord and he will bring the right person at the right time. Come on. And that's yeah. I honestly, I think that's a demonstration of trust, right? Like saying, God, I, mm-hmm. I want this and I want to try to make it happen on my own strength. But, um, I think your story is just a great testimony of being faithful, being obedient. And as you do those things, know that the Lord knows the desires of your heart and he's going to bring the right person for you in the right time where Troy and I were just talking, man, he, he got down on one knee and he proposed he had an amazing job, man. He's, he's building a house. So he's like, I have a house, I have a job, I have a great salary. I'm, I'm going to pull you in. And it's like, Hey, we're going to do this life together. And, um, try just think you've demonstrated trusting the Lord so well. So for anyone that's listening, I hope you're encouraged by that. Cause I know many people think if I don't get married by the time I graduate college or first couple years out of college, like Maybe, maybe it'll never happen. Maybe I'll be single for the rest of my life and you have that internal wrestle. So, um, mm-hmm. shout out to you, bro, for, uh, um, being patient and trusting that the Lord's got your, your best in mind. So I think there's a lot to learn from that, yeah. but, um, I didn't bring Thanks, you bro. on here just to talk about relationships. I wanted to talk to you about, um, man, doing discipleship and doing ministry well when you're not necessarily working in a church, uh, context. And so, um, for those of you who don't know, Troy works at compassion international, um, and you've been working there for how long now, Troy? Um, I just passed five years, five so, years. Yep. Wow. Right there in Colorado Springs, man, you guys should see the it's offices. Crazy. You can see the Rockies right outside those mm-hmm. windows and, oh, jealous. Yeah. beautiful, beautiful view of Pikes Peak right out beautiful. the office. <laughs> Troy, tell us a little bit about your role in Compassion International. Yeah. So a little, a little bit of a, a backstory to, to go into that. Um, so I'm a fellow alumni of Oral Roberts University. Augustine, and I'm sure a lot of listeners out there, but um, I studied information technology <clears throat> in college and um, 
it, it was it was a journey just to get there. There's a whole story in that of really finding that career and passion and kind of just seeking after the Lord to say, hey, what is something that you've stirred in my heart, something that I'm passionate about, um, but also like can serve you with. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of the things that that people will go towards or that they think about when serving the Lord is, is, Oh, I want to preach or I want to, you know, go do missions. And those things are, are truly amazing. Um, but I, I really have like a heart to believe that in America, like we just have, there's so many career fields out there where the Lord like wants to use you just, yeah. in, um, you know, your, your specific career or even desire that like he stirred inside of you. And so mm-hmm. for me, that was compat That was, um, computer information technology. Um, like technology has always come easy for me. It's something I've really enjoyed. Um, even just seeing from when I was in seventh grade, like the iPhone come out and just seeing the innovation of technology was like crazy. Um, and how it still continues to grow, um, really caught my interest. So I studied that in school. Um, and I got an internship with compassion and that was a whole God thing in itself, um, where they selected me out of like 300 people. Uh, there was 19 interns. And so I got to, I got to serve on their, uh, client services team, which is essentially setting up computers for all, uh, compassion employees. So I did that my junior year of college. And then I just stayed in touch. I built relationships, um, and tried to network as best as I could and, and got a job at compassion, uh, right after I came back from a mission trip uh, with ORU. So graduated, I came back and I was hired on actually as a temporary employee. So it wasn't even a full-time job. Um, and the job was doing essentially systems work within HR. So it's kind of a unique specified field called HRAS, um, mm-hmm. which really is a place where you can use a lot of your technical skills to kind of manage and administer like systems. Uh, but for all of their employees, like our, mm-hmm. all of Compassion's employees were kind of our main like supporters, the ones that we serve the most, um, because our job was to make sure that they did their job well so that they can best serve the children and the ministry to the best of their ability. And so that's something I did for five years, um, and absolutely loved, um, for those of you out there, I think listening who are questioning going into like a nonprofit world or even working for, um, like a Christian organization. Um, one thing about like compassion, I know a lot of other, uh, nonprofits out there, like they are really doing things well and professionally. And that was like something that caught my eye is like, I can grow my career at this nonprofit, but I can also like serve the Lord at the same time, which to me was like a win-win. Yeah. Um, absolutely love that. And, um, and man, like the Lord, wants to use those who are right out of college and even those who have like some career experience under your belt. Like he wants to use your skills to like further his kingdom um, in whatever way. And so that's kind of what I jumped into. And that was kind of where my passion started. Um, Actually just started a new role about four weeks ago in the marketing department. So I've switched careers and, uh, I'm really looking to kind of use my technical skills uh, for the marketing side and really help um, educate and just grow 
uh, a lot of our relationships within compassion. And so yeah. that's kind of my, my bird's eye view, uh, history, uh, yeah. of my career so far. And I think here's, here's what I love is yeah. you tying in ministry, passions, and skills. And I think you tying all those together and, you know, I both come from this ORU context where we look at like holistic education. And I think a lot of times we think about holistic education, but we don't think about holistic ministry and really holistic ministry. The, the fact of the matter is not everyone can, and not everyone should be pastors or preachers or full-time missionaries living in a different country. Like, um, honestly, the majority of a, of Christianity and missiology is centered around the workplace yeah. and the fact that even, I mean, this podcast, we call the digital missiology podcast. We're talking about reaching people in a digital age, and we can't do that unless we understand what our passions are, what our skills are and how God wants to use those to reach people and to impact people. And so in your case in your world, that's through Compassion International, man, look at the IT, technology, human resources, and now you're talking about marketing, man, all of those areas. And how often do you hear someone maybe from a pulpit talking about those areas, right? But I think what I love about your heart is you're seeing, again, obedience, faithfulness, and how God is using those things, using your skills and passions to impact and reach people. Um, so I guess, let me ask, did you ever like struggle with that? Like mentally, did you ever think like, oh, I should be doing this other thing or you, you go on a mission trip and you're like, maybe I need to do this for the rest of my life. Or did you ever have those thoughts or were you kind of always like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I think, I think that, uh, as a Russell definitely I've struggled with, and I think a lot of people struggle with in general is really questioning like, Lord, is this where you have me? Mm -hmm. Um, and is this like what I should be doing, even though it's not like, the work I'm doing is not like being publicized and for everyone to see and that kind of thing. And, um, I would say, man, like my first thing that I always revert back to is like, is just Jesus's life and his disciples is, is they did a lot of things that no one ever knew or recognized. And the people like throughout the Bible, um, like the Lord used and like no one ever knew about it. And I think that can be some of the most like powerful ministry, um, and the way that the Lord uses you. And, um, and I'm not demeaning, like if the Lord really wants to put you on a stage and use you in that way too, I think that is yeah. like amazing. But I'd say for the majority of people, like, um, he wants to use us in the mundane of life and, and in the, the things where we're just furthering his kingdom and being like those solid building blocks uh, yeah. as the body of Christ. And so I'd say for me, like there is that wrestle where I can say, Hey, I could probably go work for corporate America with my experience right now and maybe make, you know, a couple thousand more dollars, um, you know, and, but at the end of the day, my question is, is, is what am I doing really to further the kingdom of Jesus to mm. share the gospel? Yeah. Um, and with working at Compassion and just seeing um, how intentional they are on the field, how mm -hmm. they do ministry, um, that becomes like a big portion of my why is, is I'm not only just working for a paycheck, but I'm also working for and partnering with an organization that is like served like and wanting to really bring the, the kingdom to 
people around the world and rescue yeah. kids out of poverty. Yeah. And so like, to me, like that's, that's a big why for what I, what I do, what I do, um, 100%. rather than, um, you know, kind of looking at, Oh, should I be going to, you know, do these other things? Um, mm -hmm. and then the last part I will add to that is like, I would say I just wrestle. Sometimes I wrestle with my heart. It's like, I can be going to do a good thing yeah. and serve. Uh, but at the end of the day, am I doing it so that I get like that validation from others? Mm. Um, or am I truly doing it to where at the end of the day, um, if no one even said thank you or gave me a smile or even acknowledged what I did, like I would still be fulfilled because I was doing it for the Lord and Come not on. for like the approval of people. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of been my wrestle. Um, but things I like to remind myself of is like, am I truly serving the Lord at the end of the day? And whether that's going on a missions trip or whether that's, um, you know, serving at my local church or even working for um, a nonprofit or even a, um, like a for-profit, a corporate organization here. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, am I doing what the Lord has called me to do? Am I being obedient? Mm -hmm. uh, am, I, am, am I serving him well? Yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of people, like you were saying, would struggle with the thought of like, am I doing enough? Does anyone see what I'm doing is like what I do matter. And I think it comes yeah. back to like, just what you said, where in scripture, we talk about, you know, Hey, do all things as unto the Lord. Like your work is your worship. Um, and I actually love, um, a book. You have a lot of book recommendations. We're going to get to that in a second, but one book I read that I recommend a lot is every good endeavor by Tim Keller. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. talks about how your work is sacred. Your work is holy. And not if you work at a church, we're talking about for profit. We're talking about things that maybe have nothing to do with Jesus in your workplace, but still what you do is worship. And um, this idea that we are not only missionaries in our working environments, but we're also bringing kingdom culture. And, you know, you and I talk a lot about culture. We, we, we went to, um, ORU where there's a lot of kingdom culture. We, we worked in the missions and outreach office where there's a lot of kingdom culture and the values that we bring in the life that we bring. Yeah. We're sending missionaries, but how we send missionaries matters just as much, if not more than the actual missionaries going, because we understand that how we equip, how we send, how we develop, um, how we do our work. You worked with our finance team here in the missions and outreach office, and there's nothing holy about doing Excel spreadsheets or entering numbers or talking to donors. Like there's nothing you're like, Oh, I feel so close to God right now. But what you do is, Hey, this is honor. This is love. This is worship unto the Lord. And you enabled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students to be able to go on a missions trip and to encounter God and to help others encounter God. So I think it's this idea of what you did with HR and what you did with, um, it, what you're going to do in marketing now, like all of that has ties to the bigger kingdom purpose of what God is doing. Um, and so I think your security is something that a lot of people can learn from. And like, I don't have to be seen. I don't have to be known. Not everyone has to know that the documents that I worked on today or the systems that I set up, um, I know, and I'm fulfilled knowing that I'm secure in Christ. And I think, and I'm, and I'm, I'm guessing here, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of that has to do with your approach to discipleship, which is, um, probably one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk to you. Um, because yeah. as long as I've known you, it's been a passion in your heart, um, mm -hmm. to be discipled 
and to be a part of the discipleship process for others. And I've really yeah. appreciated that about you um, because I think a lot of people I see out of college going into the workforce and stuff don't make that a priority. And I think it's mm -hmm. reflected in their lives, but you, you do that in such a special way. So I'd really love for you to share your wisdom and your experience on that. Not that you're necessarily yeah. an expert, you're just here as someone that's doing it well. And so mm -hmm. I want, I want you to share how you do it well. So I guess, let me ask you, um, what, what does discipleship mean to you? Like if you were going to, we, we throw that term around a lot, but how would you kind of define discipleship for someone that maybe hears it a lot, but on the daily, yeah. what, what does that mean? What does it look like? Yeah. Uh, I would say discipleship just like in the simplest form is building relationships. Um, and I think that is something when we look at scripture and we look at Jesus, he did really well. Yeah. He, he built relationships with, with everyone. Um, whether it was someone he was passing on the street to doing day-to-day -day life with the disciples. Um, and so I, I'd say the simplest form it's, it's building relationships. And yeah. so to me, to me, discipleship, um, really looks like investing into, but also gaining wisdom from those like the Lord has put in your path and in your life. And, um, and they're kind of a, a life motto that I go off of is, is that you can always be learning and no mm. matter how old you are, um, there's always something to be learned. Mm. And so, um, you know, with that in mind, um, something I try and make as a point in my life is I try and, um, I try and have anywhere between three and six people, um, who are older than me in my life, um, who I can meet with on a frequent basis, um, to really just ask some questions about their life. Yeah. Um, and kind of my approach with that is for me to be mentored, something, uh, that somebody told me once is, uh, find something that you really admire, um, in someone else older than you. It doesn't have to be they're perfect in every way, but find one thing you really admire about them and chase after that. Yeah. Sit down, ask some intentional questions, respect and honor their time, um, and really get to know what they do well, mm -hmm. um, and then learn from that. And so that's something that I've really tried to make a point of in my life is, is sit down with those older than me who have lived a lot more life than me, um, whether they're five, 10 years older than me or 30, 40 years older than me. Yeah. And, uh, and really chase after those things and ask some good questions. And, um, I have found time and time again, someone who is older than you will always want to share and invest into you. Mm -hmm. Like I've never, I've never got to know. And so, yeah. um, always be willing to like, take that step of boldness and ask them, mm -hmm. um, to pour into you, um, but be specific, be clear and honor their time. Um, so for me, that's kind of what mentorship looks like. Yeah. Um, and then I would say the same for your own sphere, um, of, of friends, I'd say surround yourself with five, six guys or girls or, um, you know, friends that can really invest into you. Those mm -hmm. who maybe are a few steps ahead of you and yeah. those who are doing kind of the same life as you and, <clears throat> always approach each relationship, um, you know, to learn from them mm -hmm. because somebody could have experienced something right before you do, or maybe they're going through the same thing that you're going through mm -hmm. and you get to go through it together. 
which is so much sweeter than doing it alone. Yeah. And so I'd say pour into those relationships around you and build up yeah. like those core friendships of those people like who really know you. Um, and then lastly, um, I would say like, like plug into a space where you can also disciple those um, who are younger than you. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's different than just like going to somebody and be like, Hey, can I mentor you? Um, I'd say <laughs> surround yourself with people, um, you know, that you can pour into, mm-hmm. um, or people who would even just look to you if at the end of the day, you're just setting an example. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like that looked like serving at church for almost three and a half, four years, um, in the youth department where Mm -hmm. that was something I never saw myself doing was working with junior high and high school students. (laughs) And, um, the Lord taught me a lot about discipleship there where a lot of what that looked like was just showing up and listening and being there for them. Even when they weren't like sitting down and asking all the deep life questions. Um, that's a lot. What, what discipleship looks like too, is just setting an example and being an example an example to those around you. Um, and then from that, like for me, like I've had a lot of students just reach out and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, can I get coffee? Can I like continue this relationship we've built? And that's been like so sweet. Mm. Um, and then I've had the honor and privilege too, of just being able to, uh, even mentor like some new interns that compassion is getting in because I was once there and, um, and there was just kind of an opportunity there. So mm-hmm. I would say always be willing to invest into somebody and really yeah. just set the example. And the Lord will be, bring people at the right time to yeah. ask you the right questions. Um, but that to me, like that's what discipleship looks like, is just building wow. relationships with those around you and setting an example and being the light of Christ um, as much as you can and always having that heart of a learner yes. uh, to grow in every yes. area. I love that. Dude, you so perfectly summed up exactly what I think discipleship looks like. It's life on life. It's relationship. Um, it's what Jesus did. The idea of you, um, intentionally being poured into you having a solid friend group, you pouring into others serving. And and I think that's exactly what discipleship looks like. So I hope listeners right now are taking notes on that because honestly, that's what I think separates so many healthy, mature, vibrant Christians from those that are like in survival mode and just trying to make it. Um, and again, not that you're perfect or I'm perfect, but we, we've seen people, we know people that have done this well and we've seen their model. And so now we are, um, really doing what we saw modeled well before us. And so that's what I love about discipleship is when it's done well, it's multiplicate, it's multiplicative. It's, it's, it multiplies, (laughs) it multiplies and it keeps going. And so it's like when you disciple well and you're being discipled, well, it's passed on. And then it continues yeah. and it continues. Um, but let me, let me ask you this, Troy, because I think this is something I hear a lot of, would you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? Um, it's funny you ask that cause it's an ongoing debate between my, my wife right now. And I, um, I would say naturally. And if you looked at me growing up, I was an introvert mm-hmm. and, uh, I think in the past, even five to 10 years, I've become more of an extrovert. Mm -hmm. So my wife likes to call me a closet extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I'm always, I always love just like being extroverted, going out and like building relationships, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
shaking someone's hand for the first time or even just introducing myself. Um, but at the end of the day, I do need like my, my yeah, introverted time. time. <laughs> yeah. and I, I said to say, cause I thought that might be what you say, um, is I think I hear a lot of people that are quieter or those that are more timid, um, mm -hmm. or just, uh, nervous about talking to someone that they really look up to and saying like, yeah. can I buy you coffee? Like saying that just mm -hmm. freaks them out. And so I guess one, I say that to say that like, Hey, you don't have to be loud and charismatic and super, mm -hmm. um, extroverted to yeah. do what Troy's talking about. This is someone that's mm -hmm. more introverted than not. Um, but yeah. maybe even all these relationships are growing you into being more of a people person, even as an introvert kind of coming up and growing up. So what, what yeah. tip would you give to someone who wants to approach that mentor or that person that they want to receive from, how do you give them the practical ABCs of having that conversation to kind of put their nerves at ease? What, what would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I think first and foremost is, um, just step into boldness and courage, um, and be willing to like, just ask, say, Hey, I'd really admire this about you. And mm -hmm. can we sit down and have coffee? Mm -hmm. Um, and something my dad always told me growing up is he said, the worst they can do is say no. Yeah. Whether it's like a job interview, whether you're asking somebody and maybe they just don't have time, maybe it mm -hmm. just doesn't work out. And to me, that's just like a closed door from the Lord. Like, okay, like this is, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Um, but in my experience, more times than not, someone will always say like, yes. Yep. Um, so I'd say just step out in that boldness and courage. Mm -hmm. And as you do it more, it gets, um, it gets easier mm -hmm. and you feel more comfortable with it. And I, I still get nerves. Like the other day, there was somebody I, I asked out to coffee. He's two and a half times my age. And he's somebody I've known since high school. Like he was a parent of of uh, somebody I know and just really have admired him, kind of had stayed in touch here and there. And I said, hey, like, I really admire this about you. Like, can we sit down and have coffee? Hmm. Like, it was nerve wracking, but he said, yeah. absolutely. Like, I feel honored you to ask. Hmm. And so... I would say first step into boldness, mm -hmm. um, and just take that, that leap of faith. Um, and then number two, I would say come prepared. Um, a lot of people I've talked to, like they'll just go and sit down and kind yes. of hope that the conversation yes. just flows and is like the perfect conversation ever. Yes. I would say come with five or six questions. Yes. Um, and what I would even do and recommend is send those questions to them before you meet. Say, hey, this is what I admire about you, and here's the questions I want to ask you, so that they um, they're prepared to know like what to kind of talk about, and mm -hmm. maybe they can, uh, and it gives them space really to like bring resources, yes. and even like thoughts and some ideas to you, mm -hmm. knowing like what you're going to ask them. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say come prepared, and then the third thing I'd say um, I said this earlier is just like honor their time. So mm -hmm. if you say, hey, we're going to meet for thirty minutes or an hour honor their time and respect their time. Yep. Um, and if you don't get to all their questions, say, Hey, can we meet later later? Yeah. Um, or is there another time we can meet? I yeah. want to respect your time because, yeah. um, man, the older you get, the more valuable time is. Yeah. And, um, when somebody gives up their time for you, um, honor that. Yes, absolutely. So that would be my three points. Those are great. Honestly, those are, those are yeah, perfect. Appreciate. And I hear a lot yeah. of, uh, uh, 
Daniel Grothy chasing wisdom vibes in my head as you're saying all that, which is a book that you recommended. Um, but this idea, yeah, like if you're, if you come in as a learner and as someone, a disciple, someone who wants to be discipled and grow, then you should come with questions and you should come with, um, ideas or thoughts and come prepared to, yeah, you set up the time, you buy them coffee, you send them questions ahead of time, you do all the initiative work. And then when you get there, man, some of the favorite people I've talked to is they'll go and they'll sit down with somebody, they'll have a notepad and they'll take down notes and they'll like write things that stand out to them. And I mean, honestly, those are the people that I see that really value it. And I hear so many people be like, I just have no one to mentor me. I have no one to mentor me. And I'm like, well, who have you asked? They haven't asked anyone. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know? How do you know yeah. there's no one to mentor you? Like, I, like you said, I've done this before too. And I can't even think of two or three times where someone said no to me. Or if it was yeah. a no, it's like, oh, I can't right now, but try again in a month. I'm a little bit less busy mm-hmm. and we can do it then. And it always works out. And I think people are eager yeah. to pour out. Um, but also they don't want to be those guys that are like, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to disciple yeah. you. I'm going to, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yep. So I think that's cool. Yeah, you gotta you gotta always reach out, and um, I'd even say the thing too is like going with the expectation that it's gonna be like a one time mm-hmm. meet up for like coffee that's or good. a meal. That's good. Um, like you buy them coffee, you buy them a meal, and you say, hey, like this is probably gonna be the one time I meet them, and then let the Lord like do the rest. Yeah. If it's like an incredible meeting, and you guys are like, man, like we think this is a great fit, like let's do this again then that's sometimes where those lifetime me- like mentors will start to kind of flow in yes. um, and, and know that it can be for a season. It could be for three months. It could be for a couple of years. And, mm-hmm. and some of them even can go for a decade mm-hmm. or more. Um, so just, just go and expect that like, Hey, this may just be like a one-time meeting and I'm going to learn one thing from them. And I just don't feel it as like a fit. Yeah. And then other times, um, like the Lord's going to open that door and that yeah. relationship will build more and more. Mm-hmm. So going with that expectation, I know other mm-hmm. people will go in and say like, Oh, this is going to be my lifetime mentor. <laughs> and then it's like, at the end of that, they like never reach out and it's right. just not, not ideal. So yeah. going with that expectation too. Yeah. And I think like you said too, a lot of people say, you know, they're looking for mentors for life. And I'm like, that's kind of an unrealistic expectation. You know, there's very few people you have in your life that are for life. There's a lot of people that are mm-hmm. seasonal um, and you know, you come in and out of relationship with people. Um, but I think the idea that, yeah, you're looking for your forever mentor is, is mm-hmm. kind of a, a tall task to, to live up to for a mentor and for the mentee. So like you said, yeah. lean from the people around you. And even if it is just seasonal, I, th- I just tell people, well, isn't that what the body of Christ is about? Like mm-hmm. you're in different seasons of life and you're learning from different people. I'm here at ORU. Yeah. I, as a student, I learned from professors. Do I learn from professors mm-hmm. as much as I did then? No, I'm learning from other people now. And so it's just yeah. a very seasonal, um, mm-hmm. time, but another aspect of discipleship I wanted you to hit on before we wrap up is I think now we're in the 21st century, the digital age. And I think a lot of people are being mentored, whether they realize it or not by resources online. Okay. We're talking mm-hmm. about podcasts. We're talking about um, YouTube channels. We're talking about the influencers, um, or we're talking about books, classic, good old Mm -hmm. paper books or eBooks, depending on your preference. (laughs) So, um, you're (laughs) someone that I've seen really embrace the digital mentorship aspect where Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a new thought these days of like, what does it look like to be mentored digitally? But I, I tell people, man, I'm mentored by Jonathan Pokluda. 
And they're like, man, you know yeah. Jonathan Pogluta? No, I have never met him. Maybe probably <laughs> never will. Um, but I listen to his podcast, Becoming Something, every single episode. I learn, yeah. I soak it in, I hear his wisdom. So in a way, he's mentoring me digitally. I'm listening to The Basement with Tim Ross, and I'm gleaning wisdom from him and pastoral insights and talking yeah. about cultural things. And um, I'm, I'm being mentored by them, but it's digital. Yeah. So I guess I wanted to hear your... Um, well, first of all, any thoughts that you have about kind of being digitally mentored? And then yeah. I'd love for you to kind of like go through your resources. Um, I'll, sure. I will leave all your resources that you're about to go through um, in the description because there are so many. Perfect. And you yeah. sent me links and full on whole <laughs> blog of things. So if you're listening yeah. and, and Troy says something that interests you, it'll be in the link. So you are in the description so you can read it. But um, I guess tell us what you think about kind of digital yeah. mentorship in that whole world. Yeah. Well, I think, um, man, we live in, in such an amazing time um, where technology has advanced so much and the innovation around there. Mm -hmm. And the things that are being put online are truly incredible as far as like resources go. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's just so many things that you can learn for free, mm -hmm. which has never really been a thing in the past. Yeah. And so I think that is like truly something that um, our generation can like lean on. Yeah. But I will first start by saying um, that before any of that, um, one thing that I have to remind myself of, um, and this goes, this is what Banning Leecher talks about in his Come book on. Rooted. Um, you referred, I think, your last episode, but. Um, Man, first and foremost, read yourself in prayer, in the reading of scripture, and writing that on your heart. Yes. Um, make that your first priority above anything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Like if you are looking for any resource um, to take over the majority of your life, yes. make it the Bible. Come on. Um, and and make mm -hmm. sure your time in prayer is more than the time you're listening to sermons yes. and, and yes. podcasts and reading all the life books and everything. Like, man, make your relationship with the Lord the first and foremost priority and make sure that scripture is written on your heart. Because I would say the one downside to so many resources out there mm -hmm. is that the truth of God can get um, yep. very diluted and, and even oftentimes lost. And if we don't have scripture written on our heart first and foremost as like the truth and our identity, yep. then sometimes we're going to lean towards an idea or a theology or even a belief yes. that is away from God's scripture and we don't even know it. Yes. So that, that's my first and biggest point is man, dig, dig yourself into the word, memorize scripture and spend time in prayer before anything. Um, but with that said, man, there's so many great resources out there. Um, amazing pastors, amazing speakers, um, podcast hosts like yourself, Augustine, and just so many people out there who are truly pouring into this generation with free resources. And so, um, so I can kind of go through my list. If mm -hmm. that's, if that's what you want to kind of go through yeah. these things in, in my life that I have just kind of leaned over in the past, yes. at least 10 years. Um, but I'll kind of start with some books. Um, so for those of you listening out there, I'll kind of go through some books and then podcasts that have really like spoken to me. Do it. Um, the first one, uh, first category is identity. Um, one side note on that is, man, I think the enemy in, 
in America's generation right now is attacking our identity more than anything else. Mm, yeah. Um, and it is something that he is really going after. Um, and even as like being seen in so much of our culture yeah. and the news and everything, like people are struggling to find their identity and yeah. who God has made them to be. Absolutely. And so the first book that is a yearly read for me is called Life of the Beloved. It's by Henry Nowen. Highly recommend yes. a lot of people. Um, that book was very transformational to me and has uh, changed my life in a lot of ways. Mm. So um, highly recommend that one. It's a short read, um, but just full of wisdom. The next one is Redefined by Arden Bevere, a friend mm. of mine. He's at a Messenger International. Really just kind of breaks down um, how culture attacks our enemy, uh, our identity. Culture attacks our identity. There we go. Uh, how the enemy attacks us. Yeah. Um, so that one's a good one. Um, for you guys out there listening, Maximized Manhood by Edwin Lewis. Cole is a phenomenal read. It's very practical just about life on man, how do you step into like manhood um, in today's culture? What does it look like to be a good father, a good son, um, a good son of the, of, of God? And mm. uh, Zellin's a good one. Becoming a King is something that me and some buddies are going through right now mm. by Morgan Snyder. Um, also a phenomenal book um, that I think is really foundational for a lot of guys too, kind of wrestling with, man, what does this look like mm. in today's culture to step up into being who God's called me to be as a man and, but also like learn how to wrestle with those internal things. Um, I, I, uh, the next category is relationships. I told you guys this one earlier, but single dating engaged and married by Ben Stewart. Yes. Phenomenal book. Um, the other one is the sacred search. Mm -hmm. Um, that one is a really great book for those who are single and just kind of like really wrestling with, like, who do I even like look for out there? Mm-hmm. Um, that one's a great book. The next category is spiritual growth. Um, Bob Goff is an incredible reader. I'm sure a lot of you have read it, but I love everybody always. Mm-hmm. So really great book there. Um, if you guys are kind of struggling with your di- direction in life um, or where the Lord's leading you, Craig Rochelle wrote this book called Divine Direction. That one is really good. Um I'll second uh, Rooted by Banning Leapshire again of Augustine. You got me on that book. It's so good. Um, another one is Chasing Wisdom by Daniel Grothy. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor here at New Life Church. Um, and then he also wrote another book called Power of Place, uh, which is uh, around this idea of, man, what does it look like to stay rooted in where God's put you, mm-hmm. um, like physically? Yes. Um, and how to build those relationships and build longevity and how a lot of that is what God has intended for us. Yep. Um, so those are just some books. Um, again, I think Augustine said they'll be in the the description, but, um, and then podcasts out there, um, for those of you looking at leadership, uh, the Craig Rochelle leadership podcast is phenomenal, very practical. Um, you could go back to his first episode and gain wisdom all the way through. That's really good stuff. Another one, if you guys are looking for some inspirational leadership, uh, the Ed Milet show, Mm. he, um, He's pretty big into just leadership and inspiring people in life. I think he's a believer, but um, really got some great speakers on his podcast. Mm. Um, 
for those of you looking kind of to grow in communication, this is something I've found recently is it's called think fast, talk smart communication techniques. Mm. It's out of, um, it's a podcast out of, I think Harvard or Yale. Um, but very practical, just talks about, Hey, how do we communicate, Mm -hmm. um, everything from relationally to corporately, um, and all the different forms of communication. That's awesome. I got to check that one out. So yeah, it was a great one. Another one is rhythms of life. Um, this one is by, um, a couple who I think could probably be as old as my parents, but they just talk a lot about like how to have healthy rhythms in life, um, which I think is really important. Um, and then finally for spiritual growth, uh, go through these quickly, but conversations with John and Lisa Bevere is a great one. Uh, knowing faith. If you guys are kind of like wrestling a little bit with some faith stuff, um, this one really breaks down a lot of questions that I think our generation has. Um, the Essential Church Podcast, if you guys are looking to dig yourself into the church okay. ministry, um, an incredible podcast that just kind of breaks down what does ministry in the church look like. Um, Bridgetown Audio, they're out of Oregon, a church there. Um, the, the guy who wrote um, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, um, spacing on his name. Yeah, John Mark Homer. Yeah. He, um, that's his church. So really, really great one there. Um, and then lastly, just some random resources. If you guys are looking to grow, just in your faith and like your walk, like as a Christian, um, Messenger International has an incredible app. It's completely free. Um, tons of resources out there. John and Lisa Bevere. Yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. And then lastly, if you guys are looking to dive into some daily devotionals and need like a very practical tool. Um, Lecto 365 is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, something you can listen to really breaks down scripture a lot um, through the power of prayer. Um, they do P R A Y, I think is kind of their mm-hmm. structure. Uh, the glorify app is a really great one. Super and then good. read scripture um, is another fantastic one. I think yeah. if you guys have seen the, um, like the sketch stories mm-hmm. of the Bible online. It's the same same company that does that. And so they really break down how to read scripture too. So yeah. those ones are really helpful to me. That's but that's awesome. that's my list of resources at the moment. So dude, that's a phenomenal um, list. Yeah. And I hope if you guys are listening that you um check those out in the description. I think the big reason I wanted you to read through those is because I want people to understand what you said. Number one, obviously your relationship with the Lord, being in the word for yourself, being in prayerful communion with him is so important, but we were never meant to do this faith walk alone. We're called the body for a reason. And we're all meant to work Mm -hmm. together, to learn from one another, to listen to one another. And so again, I think Troy is just a really good example of someone who, um, you build relationships to be mentored. You build relationships to have friendships, you build relationships to pour out. And then you're, gleaning from relationships that you people you may never meet and all of that together helps you become the person that God's called you to be, um, the man, the husband, the leader. Um, and so I think for all young people listening, um, I'm, I'm gonna, um, title this episode, like how to be discipled, how how to be discipled, because I think a lot of people don't know what that looks like in today's church world and try to think you're someone that does that so well. Um, and so I guess as we wrap up, one last question for you um, is what would be your challenge to 
um, a young generation that wants to follow Jesus, that wants to trust him, that wants to obey him and wants to take these steps in discipleship. Um, what would be your challenge to them? A discipleship challenge for this generation? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I would say first and foremost, like no matter what you do, seek a deep relationship with the Lord, no matter what, learn his voice, learn to hear it well. And, um, and then be bold in who you are, be bold in your faith, be bold in asking good questions, be bold in always learning and taking that step, um, of faith, whether that's meeting with somebody that's really hard to meet with, um, fixing a relationship, like going through conflict, um, or even building a new one and learning from somebody in discipleship, um, be bold in who you are. And, and we can only really find that in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, be bold in that. And then I'd say, just be a good learner as much as you can, like seek to learn, like at the end of the day, like, we don't know a lot. <laughs> and yeah. so always be willing to learn and grow from those around you. Um, cause you can, you can never stop learning. Um, and the more we learn, uh, and are willing to allow, uh, to learn from the Lord, what he wants to teach us, um, like the better we are, uh, for those around us. Mm-hmm. And so always learn, always grow. Um, and then lastly, be obedient. Um, a life of obedience is the best life lived yeah and um like obedience to the lord rather than doing something for your own self yeah um and and centering something around you or trying to control a situation like be obedient to the lord and all the things the mm-hmm. little and the big um and he's going to take you far yeah so that would be my that'd be my encouragement to you all listening so Amen. that's a great encouragement yeah. Um, Troy, thank you so much for taking time to invest into a generation you are helping in the discipleship process just by sharing your experience, sharing your story. Um, and I hope those of you that are listening, um, take some notes, um, check out the stuff in the description, um, and learn from Troy's example of what it looks like to be discipled. So thanks Troy for jumping on the podcast. It's always fun to have some friends on here, um, and people that make me want to love Jesus more personally. And make me want to go to the mountains and go to Colorado Springs. So yes, yeah, come to Colorado Springs. It's great. <laughs> you know it. But thank you, Augustine. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Digital Missiology 